If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, just uh, here ready to talk about um, a loaded weekend quietly. Um, lots of big news as the wrestling world keeps spinning. Um, the Lots of just cool stuff, cool things happen this weekend. So I'm chilling. What's up with you, man? Not too much, man. Um, I I hang out with you over the weekend in person. For first, I think this is what the third time since the pandemic when we've actually been <laughs> in the same you know uh, domicile or whatever. Um, hanging out and watching Triple Mania and seeing some of the happenings at uh, uh, Resurgence. I almost said Revolution, and like I was like. When I'm hanging out with my dog that is cool and everything and I'm just like <laughs> my dog asked me to come through and I'm like oh, I don't know I'm not really feeling too good or whatever else but you know like had a COVID test uh, the other day came back negative and I've been vaccinated months ago so I'm like I'll, I'll come through I'll come through and like I forgot that like you and Catherine like y'all don't be playing with that AC that AC blow that blows cool nice yes. and cool the whole time so yes. I'm sitting there and I'm like I ain't, ain't no bitch I ain't gonna tell him to call it and turn it up I ain't gonna do that I ain't no bitch so I'm sitting there with the sniffles for a little bit and everything and you know and then I woke up the next morning and oh my god my face was so messed up like bro I, oh no bro when I'm in my face I'm in my sinus pressure like just no but sinus pressure I'm like bro I ain't felt this bad since like When's the last time I had a science infection? Huh. All right. So I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm taking, I'm taking like, you know, day cool or whatever else. And it doesn't do anything. And I'm like, all right, let me get some for science pressure, man. I went to, uh, I think Walmart, went to Walmart, mm-hmm. picked up some Sudafed for face congestion or whatever else. And I came back home, took it. 
and uh, took my ass to sleep. I woke up, bro, and I feel like what what sickness? What? So ever so I had a I got a so shout out to uh, Johnson and Johnson for making Sudafed. I know y'all, you little you know the, you, your vaccination, your one shot dose ain't really getting that much. Uh, uh, hype or whatever as compared to the, the AstraZeneca and the Moderna and the Pfizer but boy when I say y'all know how to how to get that you know get that off your boy y'all got that off your boy so I shout out to y'all this show will not be happening if not for the good people of Johnson and Johnson I'll tell you this right goddamn now but I bro I don't know how you know obviously medicine gets better every single year right yeah I want to know where this was when I was in my teenage years when I had like bronchitis or sinus infections or whatever else my whole life. Like you know? once or twice a year I would get this shit. If I had this shit then, bitch, I would have never, never missed no days of school. Thank God. <laughs> this shit you, went you, around when I was in school then. You, you know, God. you, you could have tried something else. You know, you could have tried some of that, uh, that Dr. Sebi life. You know, you could have. Not really considering he died from fucking pneumonia. <laughs> You know, natural, holistic. Yeah, yeah, you know. real natural, real holistic. Look, bro, doc, look, Doctor Sebi, if he had got him some of the Sudafed, he might still be with us right here to fuck to uh, to fucking right now. So uh, we, we gonna have to send you the NLE chopper instead. Then I don't know. even know what that means. Oh, okay. He, this, he's this, he's on holistic uh medicine now too. Like this man is like um. I'll send you some of this stuff, but he was a rapper, right? Yeah, I know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, cool. So he's doing all this like crazy. It, it sounds like that man just read too much Doctor Sebi, and he's doing all these like he's shilling these teas and these herbs mm. and all this other stuff. And I'm mm. like, oh god! And he's he's spreading that misinformation too about mm. the vaccine. So you know, mm. all, it's all lining up. Well, speaking of Doctor Sebi, do we need to talk about him and uh, and what he, his thoughts were on HIV, or do we need to move on? That's good we enough. Can, we can we can move on, okay. sir. Yeah, we can just move on. On, yeah, man. Like you said, big week. It's a week that was so big with the preview for the the takeover in um, SummerSlam. Like we're going to push that to a midweek uh, preview. We're going to have uh, uh, one of our favorite guests, Tanya. She's going to be on from uh, uh, Suplexes and Shea Butter. So. Um, Any questions y'all got for Tanya, y'all can send them to us in the Discord or drop a DM. And uh, anything funny y'all want us to ask her uh, on the program. Yes, uh, and we'll make sure to get those to her. Yes. We'll definitely make sure to get those to her on air. Yeah. So, um, like you said, man, uh, between the uh, Rampage, Dynamite, um, Triple Mania, and catching up on the Stardom stuff, I think we got ourselves a solid... Let's say ninety minutes, not or hundred minute, hundred and five minutes or whatever else, and then uh, later in the week we'll give you another uh, the match. But like uh, the three hour sh- uh, show, I don't think we're gonna give you that this not week. Tonight. Not tonight. Not, not not this week. Not this week. Um, but, so, uh, uh, Rich, where do you want to where do you want to go first? I, I kind of want to start with Rampage. Okay. Like, um. Yeah. So uh, the first episode of Rampage, uh, they ended up pulling seven hundred. 40,000. My prediction was 780, but same demo prediction. I predicted 0.30 um, and they ended up getting 0.30, which is really awesome for uh, Friday night, especially at 10 p.m. Next week, you would think it would be even higher because, you know, the impending CM Punk uh, United Center show. Um, But yeah, this was like an incredible hour of television. Like it was just like so like 
we know the rapid pace that a two hour AEW show moves at. This was like even compressed, like, and it was just like every time you turn around, there's a dope segment, a good match, or like an emotional moment, and a good angle or interview somewhere. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, when it was done, I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> I was like, let's go pump this in the veins. Yeah, I thought it was a really good show as well. Um, it's just it's just so funny to me watching this, and I'm like, big match, squash match, big match, one hour show, progressing. Uh, what's going to happen the week, the next until the next week, and just like, th- thank you, Vince Man, thank you, Triple H, thank you for showing us the way by watching all those NXTs, all them years, the one hour NXT shows, uh, especially 2018 era in late 2018, early 2019 to where we transition now. And like dynamite gets to do that on fucking, uh, TNT after you decide to go to two hours in, uh, and completely like make yourself look completely embarrass yourself by moving to two hours when you were basically doing what they were doing every fucking week for like every time I watch y'all congratulations, you played yourselves. So there you go. Um, like, like you said, um, Felt felt like big big time wrestling. Uh, one of the hottest crowds. I think this is the hottest crowd that in that not NXT that uh that AEW has had since um they closed down for the pandemic in March of 2020. I think this is a hotter crowd than Double or Nothing. Um, I love you the crowd all night. Some, do you think there's something to it being a Friday crowd rather than a Wednesday crowd? A lot of people were theorizing that because like feasibly it's a little bit later at night so it's later at night people might be drinking by that time they've already sat through two hours of the taping and i don't know like i think that's something to to watch uh the the weeks going forward that's something to think about but like you said once you mentioned the part where like they're doing the darks and stuff before like i don't care how drunk you get or how rowdy you are how carefree you are that you ain't got to drive or whatever else send through two hours or anything to get to what you actually want is still will still you know put some uh take some starch off of you so the fact that they were that hot two hours later is still a testament to um what this crowd thinks of and believes of out of AEW and how and how much they love brit that night um so you know we'll see as like you said we'll see how it goes but like just you know, keep in mind, this is a town that uh, when WWE comes through, they do not act like this at all. Yeah, like I've so, been told for years that Pittsburgh was this this ghost audience. Yeah, and, like think know. about Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tampa. There's a few cities that like on the, aid, on the WWE, you know, they go there and it's like the crowds, you know. And I think a lot of it, and I was talking to you about this uh, over the week, like I think over the years, the WWE has, because of you know, problems with going back and forth with their booking with the crowd reaction. Like they have, te- they have like made it to where like the crowd is less effective. And also like, they like to talk over the crowd all the time. So mm-hmm. it minimizes like the volume of the crowd. But like with AEW, they had four people in the booth. And you, that shit didn't even matter. It didn't like, matter. They couldn't talk over of, nothing. That crowd I, was there. I saw a lot of people complaining about the commentary, but like, I kind of tune the commentary out if it's bothering me. I didn't um, think the commentary was bad. Like they, it seems like they were very cautious. Aside from Jericho, who just you know he was in his wild Chris Jericho mode, but <laughs> everyone was talking in like sound bites. Like right. Mark Hen- Mark Henry like came off like more benign than I thought it would be because I was like, oh man, 
this man is really about to be Kendra Perkins out here. But oh, like, God. But he's he's not exactly offering like groundbreaking analysis or anything, but he's just kind of happy to be there. He's kind of like he felt like the Shivani of this. Uh, he, yeah, of yeah. This I, I didn't. Yeah. Um. From a from he was a very positive from that from that perspective he was it was Shivani like and like I kind of like that as opposed to you know Ross going off of some shit he didn't like or whatever else like. Mm-hmm. I like I like a guy that's on comment or a person on the commentary that kind of likes what they're actually doing and what they're actually watching. It kind of has an effect on your overall watching experience. Like obviously, you know, there's some um, there's some trade off when it comes to like, all right, are you just gonna be? Are you gonna do you like everything? Or are you just gonna be a corporate stooge or mm-hmm. you know, whatever? But um, I, I feel like Shivani's striked up a nice balance. Honestly, what 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 um, Mark Hume reminded me of was. Um, Remember Percy Watson on NXT that used to run with Nigel and run with um in in Morrow like before yes. he left, like remember how he had eventually became good just sitting in the middle between all of between how good Nigel was and Morrow was like mm-hmm. he seemed like that but it was a four man booth instead of a, a four person booth instead of a a three person booth like I feel like I haven't heard Big Show's commentary yet so I don't know but like I feel like you know over time if you know there's nobody. Well, there. I don't think there's anybody mfing him like like Vince would be, but like I feel like, <laughs> at, you know, with three people or four people, like he could say something without embarrassing himself, whatever else. Sounds like he knows what the hell's going on and get out of there. And like you know, Taz's been doing this forever, and Taz's always been great. So I kind of you know, you have three people that are you have two people that are great at their jobs with Excalibur in Taz. You have Jericho who can be great um, when you know when when he's dialed in the right frequency, and then you have Mark Henry there who's all right, like. I feel like over time with his booth, you know, I, I'm sure they'll have Jericho off some weeks or whatever else. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like over time, this this four man booth will gel for a four man booth, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, one other change. Uh, Dasha was the ring announcer instead of Justin, Justin Roberts, which is always welcome. That. That's crazy. Yeah. Al- always welcome uh, in my book. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so we might as well get to the show. But uh, we open up. It was Christian Cage against Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship. And this was awesome. Big match feel immediately. I was fired up as soon as like the interests happened. Um, the crowd was like loving both guys until it was time to, you know, make the switch for everyone to start cheering for Christian. And it was just like it was an excellent match. Like the work was like you could tell Christian, like he Christian, like back in like 2018, was saying like he watches. He used to watch Kenny Omega matches and like pause them and like walk away because he would watch stuff Kenny did and he's like start having a match with him in his head and shit uh-huh. like that. So like um, the kill switch one wing angel uh, spots, like I already knew that was gonna be something like a staple there. Um, this wasn't an easy. Um, uh, this wasn't a given either that this happened because back on Wednesday they had announced Christian like in this match or Friday and it didn't seem like people were like thrilled about it. There were like light booze. People started chanting for CM Punk so they had a tall task and I think they nailed it. Like this was awesome. I'm probably somewhere between four and four and a quarter on it and um, it was like so hot. One of the hottest TV matches of the year. I don't like remember the last Christian match that felt this great. Um, and, you know, this is just another another uh, check in a box for Kenny Omega and the Christian versus Edge comeback. You want to start comparing those. It's looking ugly. 
Yeah. Um, if you want to talk about the last great Christian, like the match, last time a crowd, a crowd went crazy for a Christian match, I mean, it would probably it'd have to be that Randy Orton stuff in the summer 2011. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I, I'm with you. Um, I'm probably right at four flat. Um, but the one thing that was encouraging about the match was like that clearly wasn't they didn't give away their be- their best stuff you could tell mm-hmm. they, they, they were saving whatever they had um so and also they didn't go that long but um yeah I was, I, I, they, they had a lot of different goals to accomplish and they hit all of them yeah i know yeah, you, yeah. you wrote those down oh yeah i forgot yeah i'd be writing stuff down and saying something forgetting it all the time i'd be like i don't, I don't want well let me let me phrase it i don't want to be like yeah i'll be giving y'all prophecy y'all just be like i was lamed <laughs> out i don't be doing that but like i just think okay so um they had to get him over as a challenger for pay-per-view because he wasn't quite there yet. Like they, uh, the joint when he cut the promo last on actually on Dynamite, we talked about he called uh, I forgot who it was he called him. A, I think he would call was it was it um I almost called him Cyrus. What's Cyrus's Don Don Callis? Yeah, Callis. Uh, did he call? I think he called Callis a jag off and, and obviously in doing that in Pittsburgh yeah. that'll get you. You know that's the you know local insult pop. Um, gotcha. You know he. he might, he might need to pay ties to uh <laughs> to make Foley for that one. That was a local pop. So did that. That got him over. They got the crowd off his back with the CM Punk chance. Um had to get screwed with because you gotta give him some adversity. He can't just come and just beat him. Um had to protect Kenny Omega with the with the chair. So and also he deserved it because his friends came in and fucking helped him cheat. So he ended up getting dropped on the chair like he deserved. He shouldn't have been cheating. Um and it makes you want to see their um, see another match because there clearly was a better match in them between them, obviously. Um, and it was a great match just on its own as a TV match. So I thought I thought it, you know. And Christian need that one to get him over the top um, to, as a as a proof that he actually could beat somebody. Uh, so like people say like, well, who does he beat? Well, he beat the fucking champion. Uh, he's the Impact slash TNA champion. He has two belts. Like I don't, you know. Before that, I thought maybe. Maybe they actually do Christian over in some, you know, and have him be the champion and go back and do a title versus title match or whatever else, and Kenny just wins him back. But, um, I mean, we'll get to him when we get to it. But, like, that match is a lot. That match is, I'm looking to that match a lot more than I was before this match, which is, that was, so that was good booking. Um, yeah. And, and it, like you said, or it had to accomplish a lot, and I feel like they did that. And we'll see what they do in the next, uh, I think, two, three weeks out from their pay-per-view. But they're off to the races now. Crowds went crazy, and um, I think Christian has to actually get like people need to give Christian some props here because like from turning like the crowd um, during that promo Wednesday uh, to doing this like it going over like gangbusters in the building, mm-hmm. and now he's going to make the trip to Impact next week and defend the belt, so he'll at least get a defense of that belt. So say if he drops it back, he did something with it. Um, Who is it against? Brian Myers. Okay. So um, they'll do that. And like you said, the uh, all out match, uh, looking forward to that a lot. Uh, I know people were upset that, (laughs) like, (laughs) this was a um, weird thing because, you know, I don't know why this has happened, but the perception is that it seems like Kenny Omega losing to Christian somehow interfered with the hangman or something. I'm like, I don't see that personally because I don't like because Kenny Omega hasn't lost in a long time. And I'm like, 
I don't know. I think it would be more beneficial for Hangman to be the one to put the bullet in the car co- or put the nail in the coffin rather than he beat him and he still has, you know, a bunch of belts and stuff like that. But um I don't know. Like like what do you what do you think of that like theory? Like or not theory, but like people say that it's been weakened or whatever. I I didn't think that Kenny Omega was some overwhelmingly unbeatable person. Like that's the reason why he cheats in all his matches. Like finish him isn't the hard part. Like the like you just gotta get there and beat him. Like the destination is beating him. It's not that he's some unconquerable mountain. Like it's not like trying to beat. It's not like trying to. It's, okay, it's not like Kenny Omega trying to beat Okada. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. It wasn't that kind of thing. It's like it's it's like the greatest champion ever. You got to beat that guy to to win. It's, no, it wasn't that at all. It's not even. And they haven't even pretended he won the belt by fucking cheating. Like what are we talking about? <laughs> so like I, I think I think it's WWE logic, where it's yeah, like there, well there if, you're the cha- if you're the top out. hill champion, that means that like you you know you just got to get it. You know you just got to if you're a baby face with any kind of hope, you just got to get it off and get get him off. Otherwise, like if you fail, then like people just forget just. For, just quit on you and it's like nah man that's relationship from years of years of them cutting the rugs pulling the rug from under you and everybody you ever trusted and believed in ever as opposed to this company it's not the same thing if they keep it, like if they keep running if they keep screwing over every babyface over time over like let's say two three four five years then yeah you should you should start feeling the same way but no not now yeah i think um i think the hangman will be just fine whenever it's time for him to come back uh, I would will not would not worry about that. The One Nation Radio Victory Lab is going to be absolutely incredible when we tell y'all like, oh, like when, when y'all are so happy, um, it's going to be it's going to be just glorious. Um, Kenny dropping the Impact belts, uh, awesome title reign. Uh, he went over to Impact and wrestled a lot of dudes not on his level. Uh, no <laughs> no no shade to that roster, but like even Sammy Callahan couldn't stop. Uh, Kenny Omega from achieving high out here um, between him, Moose, uh, Rich Swan. Um, there was a couple other, you know, he did a bunch of six man work over there. And um, <clears throat> I know p- some people were uh, kind of uh, like they didn't like that he didn't drop it to someone from Impact. I mean, that's a fair point. Um, they didn't, you know, but they don't, Impact doesn't have the cards. Like, that's, it's just, that's the game. Like, um, <clears throat> yeah. I think that like if they had somebody that like I don't feel like like you can say Josh Alexander right he's a nice little wrestler like he can have good matches he's mm-hmm. but he's not someone like like Kenny Omega is not in charge of like making like he can do it right if we're like hey, you make a guy in this match or whatever and I'm sure Josh Alexander will be able to hold his own but like that's not it doesn't seem like that was being asked of Kenny Omega to, Hey, make this, make, you know, a star out of our company, please. Like, doesn't seem like that was the goal. Yeah. And also I'm not so sure that this is Kenny Omega's last run with his belt. Like I, you know, before this even happened before, and I was like, this might, I'm sure like, I felt like, all right, well, either they go to snap a draw or they give the belts to, Christian and Omega wins him back and he's another champion then eventually he'll drop it to a moose or somebody like that so yeah that, that could fully happen yeah so uh, you know 
I don't want to say watch it what watch it play out, but it's like I was saying this before it even happened. So mm-hmm. you know, like I, yeah. I mean, the, I guess uh, I guess the only encourage I can give to the listeners that like it's in it's in the social media uh, or the, the social suplex uh, messenger. Uh, when I pointed it out, but like we'll see how this goes. Like um, if if they didn't, if they just gave it to Chris for Christian to then job and then like Omega didn't do it, then put them on for next thirty year, <laughs> right? <laughs> that'd be uh, that'd be pretty funny. But um, yeah, like this wouldn't be the last title controversy for Kenny Omega this weekend, which we'll get to later on. Um, but after that, we got a. Um, match between uh well we got an interview uh mark henry went backstage uh with christian in the jurassic express orange cassidy just hanging out in the back um christian cuts a passionate promo and it seems like mark henry was dapping up his his old homeboy that he knew that achieved and um christian basically said he's gonna take all of kenny's belts but kenny's the real deal it's gonna be nearly impossible to win the aw title but christian is in kenny's head so after that, we had a um, a video package with Miro and Fuego del Sol uh, for Fuego, and it was just like a quick, like two minute thing saying Fuego's like deserves a contract. How about Hardy work? Fuego's done like forty jobs on Dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like he comes out, uh, you know, he's out first. Uh, Miro gets in. Uh, Fuego immediately hits the tornado DDT before the match. Then he hits it again once the match starts. But Miro rolls out to the floor. Uh, Miro gets into count of nine. Third uh, tornado DDT for a near fall. Uh, he tried to pin him again, but then Miro just caught him with the with the big um, kick. Just fucking rolled him up with the game over and just, like and tapped him. Miro remains awesome in these squash matches, and Fuego loses once again. But sometimes when you lose, you win. Uh, and Sammy Guevara said it himself. So after the match, Fuego Del Sol is laying out there through a commercial break, which is fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> but then Tony Khan comes out and he has a clipboard in his hand and Fuego like, kind of knows what happened uh, or what's about to happen. This is a shoot. So they told him to just lay out there through the commercial break to get a standing ovation. But um, Sammy's music hits cuts promo calls him his best friend and like fuego you can see his face like through the mask like pretty much tearing up knowing what's about to happen they say fuego del sol is all elite crowd goes absolutely crazy twitter blows up i'm sitting here getting emotional didn't cry thought about it but it was just very uh very happy floyd said some uh really nice stuff about fuego on all things elite um because i guess floyd caught him uh in the oklahoma indies like in the Indies in Oklahoma, like years ago, just like seeing the grind he went through. Um, this man was uh, driving down to Jacksonville like autumn weeks and during this pandemic and then just see it pay off for him. And um, they did this thing that just all the fans would love and did this. Uh, you know, this guy got over and got rewarded and it wouldn't always be like that everywhere else. He would just, you know, like you've seen in the last couple of weeks, whenever somebody needed some heat, they would beat up Fuego. Like you could have Malachi Black kick him in the face. You could have and get um, more and get more heat from Malachi than Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, uh, because you know you can't do that to Fuego. Everybody loves Fuego, and then uh, Andrade beats him up the other week. But this man's been on a long journey. He's only won one match ever in, in AEW, but he's always like impressed. He's got like. 
he's got skills uh and he's like this perfect like you know job guy and maybe he'll get a shot to do something one day but um he's uh he's just someone everyone's invested in everyone likes and uh it's more uh goodwill building i think for as much as with fuego but uh with the fans like the fans like feel like they have a voice like they helped get this dude there but don't want to take away from his hard work but uh you know all the stuff on the vlogs like he's gotten over big time yeah um like if wins and losses matter then like you're gonna have to have baby faces that eat a lot of shit and be at the bottom and still be somebody that goes out there and gets their asses kicked and you talked about um uh that you got that you you know felt a sense of emotion came over you when um when he got signed and you saw his face when you realized like what was happening and it was like ain't no shame in that it was like i you know watching stardom and watching uh you know at the beginning of 2019 and like that's when uh giant size started and watch and watch her go out there and get fucking murdered by people like shuri and and mayu and jungle and whoever else just kicking her ass for finishes and stuff and Stuff that just like, hey, bro, let me record this and send it to y'all so y'all can see like the kind of shit that like that's happening out here on these house shows. So y'all, y'all, y'all seen her get murdered a million times, like almost like Kenny from South Park. And like to see her uh, at the December pay per view last year in the opener, like win the futures belt, like that was huge to see like a jobber like finally achieve something like. And like that's the reason why wins and losses matter and like is really cool is like. Winning at a certain level can like if winning and loss win, loses mat sorry if wins and losses matter throughout the entire promotion, then winning at a certain level is an achievement. It's not that like okay, well so and sometimes you can transcend winning or losing. Right, right. Um, so like everything's an achievement. Everything's at scale, right? Like if you're someone that's a prelim person and you finally win like. A futures t- title that's you made it you accomplish your dreams or you accomplish your goal for that time and the crowd sees it as like you were you busted your ass to get to a certain level um and that just happens throughout you know all of this stuff so it's like it makes all the sense in the world that like people on dark you know he only won one match i'm assuming that was against peter avalon or who nah, he, he 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 was in a tag match he teamed with marco stunt he pinned a dude named ryzen oh, okay so okay okay all right, so let me. So who wait? When did, didn't uh didn't uh Peter Avalon have a uh Owen everything match against somebody? That was uh, Avalon versus Cutler. That was like a four star oh, match. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So, but Fuego had a long program with with QT. Like it started building on Sammy's oh, log, God. and then QT. That was like we kind of broke out the heel character for the first time. Like mm-hmm. it, was, it was acting like a dick to him. They had like a three and a half star match on Dark, and on Dark, that's like a big deal. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, that was uh and everybody wanted him to beat QT to basically get signed and then QT beat his ass like gotcha. at the end. But um yeah. So yeah. so yeah, that basically what I'm just getting at is like happy for dude, like all of y'all like him that watch Dark. Um and obviously he's a he's because of the Sammy stuff in the um in the second BTE, the the Sammy vlog, like he's kind of become like, you know, Somebody that like you see, I see every you know every other week or whatever on some funny shit. Uh, so like, yeah, man, happy for him. And like, I, I, who was it, who came up with the line the other day? Like, where did they you know where did they get Luchador from Alabama? So yeah. like, you know, I you know happy for dude. And like, we'll see what it comes of it. Like, obviously, like the darks is where he'll be at. So like, 
if if you like and i think that's the thing that's cool with wins and losses like it's it becomes that sports thing right where like you watch people grow over time you see them achieve you see them fail you see them you know re, you know run their heads to the wall and then eventually break through as opposed to oh they're not breaking through in like the next two months all right well i have no reason to believe in them because like they don't believe in building babyface long term or or every time someone ever you get behind like just get killed off so like it's really um it's really like this matters like all of that stuff matters and adds up over time and like him getting signed even though he's lost a bunch like shows that like that dude goes out there and competes mm-hmm. so yeah yeah man so after that we had a um hype video for the rampage from the united center and then we got like a split screen interview between red velvet and Britt baker and mark henry i like this um right before the match um, they were talking that shit to each other. Uh, Red Velvet was wearing the red, white, and blue, getting booed. Um, Brit obviously in our hometown, so uh, they pretty much swap roles uh, here. Like Brit's a total babyface, pretty much. Red Velvet's like uh, wrestling like more aggressively uh, in this match. Um, they come out matches pretty cool. Like Brit has that broken wrist, so she's kind of working around that. Uh, and Revo is working the wrist. Uh, I well, she say built this- towards working for her. Like yeah. as she, as the match come becomes as she gets more desperate, then she eventually starts taking advantage. Like, why of the wrist. why aren't I doing this? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so I thought this was um, you know anytime Red Velvet comes on the screen or gets in a big spot, like she always like does well for herself, and she's not like the most experienced, but like 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 we said a long time ago like she's a uh foundational piece like like you're gonna be able to plug her anywhere and eventually she'll get her time but um i like this because of the environment like like brit baker's like a total total superstar um don't know like i know when it happened right but it's just like i didn't know it would be at this level yeah um the the crowd and her overness completely carried the match. Um, were you surprised that like it seemed like Red Velvet was the person calling the match? Throughout I the didn't match? even. I didn't. Oh, okay. Even. Yeah, I, I I noticed that she was one like basically giving instruction or whatever else. But um, yeah, layout of the match works all right until they start going to commercial break and then like they bring up Rebel to start cheating and stuff and it's like, well, she's the biggest pay face in the world. Why why do you need to do that? Like, I feel like. We're at a point now to where they need to cut the shit and just like make just she's a baby face now like if you feel like well that's what got her over therefore we need to keep continue to have her cheat then it's like so what are the, what are, the, what are her opponents going to do then yeah uh, I think this is why the post match uh, I think this is why Jamie Hayter is going to be here and she's awesome but like if you introduce her as like very aggressive she'll keep Brit heel long enough to either turn on her eventually or whatever but um uh brit ended up getting the win after like a struggle with the uh the broken wrist uh, flipped it over yeah 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 to the uh left Uh, hand the the free hand and um did that like did a lot of cool near falls at the end so i probably said like three three and a quarter if i was in a very good mood um after the match, uh, Statlander's ringside the whole time, jumps in after Britt keeps, uh, you know, beating Red Velvet's ass, gives her the stomp on the belt just to let you know she's evil. Um, 
and the crowd's loving it. Like when they yeah. threw out uh, Rubble for cheating, the crowd booed, booed vociferously, and I was like, "Why are y'all fighting this? Just, just, just let the crowd love her. They because they're gonna do it regardless." Yeah. Um, then uh, Jamie Hader came out completely rebuilt uh, physique and face and everything. Like, well, not surgery, but um, like. Yeah, different hair and like you know worked out so much it's changed her facial structure. Um, she posted a, a photo immediately after like showing the guns and she's the gun show out here. Um, but yeah, she jumps on Statlander. She's probably going to be Brit's new heater. Uh, I think she's going to eventually start bullying. There's going to be some type of tension between Rebel and Jamie Hater. Uh, Brit may not see it. She or she may see it. I'm projecting longer down the road but mm-hmm. jamie hater uh tell us about jamie hater or tell those that don't know about jamie hater what she brings to the table um power wrestler uh well at least, at least speaking from stardom when she was like one of the biggest women in, on the roster uh given that she's like five six ish or whatever else like power wrestler throws lariat's forearms suplexes uh ushigaroshi's um, sliding D's, that that kind of stuff runs runs the ropes very well uh, for her size. Um, always looks athletic in the ring, um, uh, and can put matches together pretty well. Uh, work work well with like pretty much one of those people that were in stardom where like you see the guys and you see like the younger girls and you wonder like all right how are they gonna catch up and. Over time, she was one of those people where in tag match, she's always busted her ass, which is saying something considering, like, Stardom is one of those go-hard promotions where there's, like, 25, 26 people on the roster. There might be three people that don't bust her ass on every single night. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, um, I've, you know, given what I've seen of her, the little that I've seen of her in the UK, um, she's a very good promo. Uh, when she was in Stardom, Cutting English promos. She was the only good, consistent English promo. B was not a good English promo. Um, neither was Tony Storm. But look where Tony Storm has done since she's came over to in, over stateside for NXT. So um, there's like she's already had that. So um, as far as gets around the world, like I'm glad she's in AEW. I I kind of it, it's bittersweet because I thought she was always coming back to Stardom, and I always wanted to see her in a in, in a big spot, like you know top of the card in a red belt white belt match it just never happened for her but um you know uh unfinished business it is what it is but um she's going to do she's going to do very good or do very well in uh, AEW. she's going to be somewhere over time in the top of the card barring you know something weird happening tony khan that division keep keep up the good work one less for nxt uk (laughs) so um we also had dynamite uh in the Pittsburgh as well. Um, this was the Warlow Jericho in the main event, but the opening match uh, was the Elite uh, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega against Dante Martin, Mike, and Matt Seidel. And this was awesome. Uh, pretty much like any Elite Six Man lightning speed. And then Dante Martin decided, like, this was the Dante Martin show, uh, the Dante Martin experience, the Dante Martin uh, All Star special extravaganza however you want to uh term this here they gave him tons of near falls and you know what this felt like to me this felt like uh, somebody about to get eliminated from a world rumble or or sent to hell in a ladder match or something not quite that okay Um, 
like the main event of All In. Uh, I always kind of reference this when I when I see this happen. But Bandito, they knew, yep, like okay. they knew they was like, all right, Bandino, you getting pinned? So we about to make you look like a goddamn star. Like we gonna do all your damn spots, and then we are gonna beat you. So, <clears throat> but yeah, they they did that for Dante Martin. Had the crowd going nuts. This is a young man who comes out there, uh, drops a knee. This man puts his fist in the air like John Carlos. He's wearing an unmissable Black Lives Matter um, uh, thing on his arm, and this man has arenas full of white people cheering him. Like this is a this is a superstar possibly in the making. And then when his brother comes back, like hey, for real, he's twenty. Dom Mysterio is twenty six or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, twenty four. Who knows? Um, but yeah, really enjoyed this. They killed this man with. It was like a the BTE, the, excuse me, the, the I forgot what they called it, the BTE V trigger or whatever at the end. Like that was nuts. Uh, but yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, um, great match. Don't remember much of it, but you weren't supposed to remember so much of it because so much shit happened. But remember Dante Martin just basically like having like Seth Rollins, uh, Kofi Kingston. Uh, uh, what's your boy from Street Profits? Um, Montez Ford. Montez Ford hops throughout the match and fl- and then flips and whatever else. Like, yeah, man. Um, like both of them, like Dante and Darius, are both like um are both awesome. But um, for the time being, it's on him and like he shined. Um, like I, you know, while I've been like lamenting what has happened to to our private party with them basically turning to like just standard heels, like I thought that the point of that was to get eventually for uh, Top Flight to then be like the new private party and fill that role that we thought they were going to fill. And you know, obviously with um, with him hurt, like the other one has to you know stand up. And uh, this is gonna like I feel like you give him. A run of wins and give him like one big win on dynamite and he could ch- he could be a title challenger on tv for for kenny and they can go out there and rip it up and kenny can um kind of have a, a similar match that he had with uh jungle boy um yeah. i feel like that's all in the making over the next you know two months potentially yeah he's got a match with uh lee moriarty on uh dark this week uh lee moriarty's just i think he's debuted in pwg recently he's one of the Standout guys on Indies right now, so uh, looking look forward to seeing that. Um, after they basically set up the Christian match, I already know uh, what happened there. Um, then we got uh, Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia. This was uh, one about ten minutes. Crowd went ape shit for Darby Allen, of course. Um, one man, you don't have to worry about him, you know, g- cooling off or getting less over. Um, so. TK uh, sees, sees the chemistry between uh, Darby Allen and Daniel Garcia from the six man. He likes it, likes that. He knows he's just like us. Books the match the next week. Um, I always love Darby Allen TV matches. Love seeing the coffin drop. Um, there was like an incredible. Um, actually, no, I'm thinking of, of the six man. But um, basically, they. Um, they also Excalibur told you that Daniel Garcia had did a had done six matches in the last week, including a sixty minute draw with Willer Utah, and um, forgot what promotion it, it, it was like some IWTV uh, show. Uh, but 
it's another case of AEW acknowledging the wrestling world around uh, us, which is welcome and a change from the um, norm that WWE has put out there. And also giving him some bail if he loses and say that, like, yeah, like, he it went 10 minutes and Darby won because Darby's the better wrestler. But, like, let's say he didn't go through the gauntlet to get to here. Maybe, you know, like, the idea that I like the idea that anybody can win at any time while watching a match because that's kind of like sports. So, like. For me, that's cool to say that, like, look what this person has gone through a shit ton of matches. Like, oh, he lost. Uh, look what he did, even though he like he's been worn out throughout the week. Like, that's cool. Yep. Um, after that, uh, they basically set up the tag match with Darby and Sting. Uh, going to be going against 2.0 next week. So the Sting's return to TNT first time since he wrestled Ric Flair on the last Nitro. Uh, how excited are you about this, James? I didn't even realize it because I forgot all those matches have been pay-per-view. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I know what's going to happen. They finna steamroll the fuck out of them. It's going to be fun. Like, yep. that's all that matters. They finna, it'll be some stinger splashes. There's going to be some coffin drops. Uh, you know, it, it's going to, it's not going to well, last that long, but it's going to be fun. I have enjoyed sting so much this year. Like every small thing he does, whether he's beating his chest in slow motion with Orange Cassidy, he's fighting Scorpio Sky a bunch of times. The cinematic match they did with him, um, the actual tag match that they did, just yeah. him and Darby like hanging out, like yeah, it just works. Um, and you know, you don't even think of him as this old guy. Like he's just like because he he looks the fucking same essentially because he's I mean, because you know, he you has can the see, paint. Right, you can you can see you know little little parts. Of, okay, he's he's a little older right there. The hairline might move move back a little bit, but uh, largely, this man is, is still Sting. This is still a superstar guy that or a guy that's been a superstar for thirty years. So um, after that, they set up um, Penta uh, or excuse me, there was a Penta Penta and Alex Abrahanes interview. Uh, Penna said he wants a match with Andrade and then Pac said, nah, let me worry about that. Y'all f- focus on winning the tag team titles. Um, ding, ding, ding. Um, so they set up Penta versus Pac at or excuse me, Pac versus Andrade at All Out, which would be, should be pretty good. Um, after that we got Matt Hardy and Private Party. They defeated uh, the new best friends trio, Wheeler Utah, uh, Chuck Taylor, OC, and Lots of shit happened in this match. I have no memory of it <laughs> except the finish, like when Willer Utah got pinned. I don't even remember who won. Right, right. Just something that happened. Something. Yo. Look, y- y'all told me it happened. I, I, I'm sure, sure it did. Sure. Right, right. Uh, so after that, they got um, Orange hanging out right now. Yeah, Orange is chilling. You know. Um. After that, um, they Jack Evans actually attacked Orange Cassidy. They did tons of shit. Like so, it was just like, you know, if you remember, cool. But um, after that, we had uh, Chris Statlander and Nala Rose. This was short. Um, Stat basically countered that um, that attempted knee drop. Like she rolled back while Nala attempted that. Uh, she won with the four fifty. Well, 451 off the top rope uh, which was pretty cool so Statlander showing the athleticism is there um, and you know as it leads to later in the week this was to prep her jumping out on Brit essentially looks like Statlander and 
uh, Britt at All Out, if I had to take a guess, which is the match that they didn't get to have uh, before Britt caught that initial injury, the broken leg. Okay. Um. So out in the back, uh, Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler, they were making fun of uh, Adam Page being injured. Uh, they had the basketball hoop up. Nick said he uh, basically he was going to go for a layup, and then Lucasaurus comes out of nowhere and blocks him. Uh, Jungle Boy got the ball and did a layup, and uh, Lucasaurus sets the screen and talking about not at my house. He's acting lazy to Kimmy Mutombo. And <laughs> Nick is yelling, that was a foul, which is funny. Um, yeah, it was, it was just hilarious. Bucks being hams, but um, Red Velvet did a promo about uh, Friday, of course. Um, Britt Baker did an awesome interview here. Um, she had like crazy jacket. Yeah, Briz Gear this week was like incredible. Like some of her best. Um, trying to think what we got next on that. Uh, after that, we heard the devil is a like, and you knew it was uh, Doc Gallows and uh, Carl Anderson time, and they retained the Impact Tag Titles with a traditional heel finish, throwing the belt in the ring, referee looking one way, blah blah blah. But Stu Grayson did some crazy shit to start the match, of course, as he always does. Um, <clears throat> nothing really on this part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I ain't got nothing for you. Yeah, I ain't got a really, really shit, shit else either. Um, they did a Camille promo, which was like the best I've ever heard Camille like sound. Like I didn't know she talked, bro. Like her voice is like it's usually like never that like coherent or like anything like it's like she's someone they should like just never let talk ever <laughs> like ever like <laughs> is that bad? Is it that bad? Um. Wow. Because it just it doesn't line up. The voice doesn't sound right to, to match the human. Like there's a bunch of like elements at play. Is she soft spoken? I don't know. It's like it, it's weird. All uh, right. But, but All this right. was this was I think the peak of her ability. Like okay. they probably like they chopped. They had to chop this shit up like a million ways. Um. So Tony Schiavone uh, comes out. And he's with QT. QT said that um, basically Tony had it mistaken. I uh, was waiting for an apology, but um, it was like, nah, Shivani was actually going to apologize. And Tony Shivani's son is ringside. They bring him in. Nick Camaroto and Solo fuck him up. And QT punches him. They give him a diamond cutter. And then all of a sudden, Paul White comes out. So we uh, got an excuse to hear the big show's new song. Uh, or excuse me, Paul White's new song. Uh, so it, it, I think it's the same dude that sung the other song. So it's like I forgot how this one started. It wasn't, I could have swore it started with a well and then moved on to some other shit. It wasn't well. It, it was something else. I think it was something else. I'm not sure. I had to I'll listen to it, but okay. Um, it, it's the same same vibe. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so he basically a white uh, blues house. Correct. Uh, White gets in there because he's Tony Schiavone's broadcast partner. Uh, He gives the choke slam to QT. Um, Crowd goes nuts. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I don't know if they'll do a match. Who knows? But um, people were speculating to have Anthony Gogo return uh, to fight him and knock him out with the punch versus punch deal. So... Um, God, I I don't know what to do with that. Like, 
I don't know. I don't know what to do with QT Marshall now that like this Cody thing's over with. I don't know what to do with any of that. Like I don't know what to do with Nightmare Factory. I don't. Should they just should they just be banished to to the darks? You can always beat them up. World needs disc diggers. For, but I'm saying for dark though. Like, but what about but for dynamite? Well, they gotta, they, they, gotta dynamite? they gotta win on dark. To then get put on uh, dark or dynamite to lose. Right, right. All right, fair enough. Um, then they showed the uh, turn where Joe Janela turned on Sunny Kiss from Dark. And I was Elevation. like, "What the fuck? When did this happen? Why did this happen?" Yeah, they've been teasing it for a while. Oh um, man. So I mean, I ha- I had high hopes. Yep, nothing for him there. Um, Joey Janela, man. I hope this is uh, something he can turn this into something because it's looked bad for him for quite a while. Uh, like it's just like he hasn't trans. Like you would think he would be able to translate to, but it just hasn't come together for him. I think that as AEW has done more hardcore matches and he's done and he's been in less of them, then like the need for him is kind of lower. Like you want Joey Janela to do regular matches, or do you want him to do Cracker Barrel clashes? Mm-hmm. Um, in in coffin matches, like basically, like he lost his spot to Darby. Not to say that he, not to say that he was ever going to get that spot that Darby had, but like being the person to be like the baby face, crazy daredevil. With the Darby and like he ain't never getting that spot, Jack. Yeah, it's, yeah. So um, I don't know. Like, like I don't, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe it's a clear path for him on the hillside. I don't know. But that's like, what, that's what I was thinking. Because like you've got your Jungle Boys, your Christian Hangman, Mox, um, and really Cody, we're only talking about getting him to the mid card. That's really all we're talking about, right? And like maybe he can sneak up, like because there's a like that hillside is packed with talent too so yeah maybe it's something he can wrestle some other opponents and feel fresher the main thing is like can he be like (laughs) the gatekeeper to the u.s or not u.s the uh the tnt title can -hmm. he be the gatekeeper hill where you have to if you're jungle boy you have to go with him on tv for a couple months to get through him to eventually go challenge miro something like Mm -hmm. that i think i think that's a good position for him Mm mm-hmm so after that, we got um, Chris Jericho versus Wardlow. Big reaction for Jericho uh, coming out. Uh, he immediately started the match with a Cobra Breaker. Wardlow kicked out at one because that shit is soft and don't work no more. And um, <laughs> Jericho was shocked. And then we got not much after that. Wardlow pretty much dominated. Jericho looked winded. Um, yeah, this wasn't his finest hour i cr- i cracked up and howled at the finish though um i like that but um yeah i think jericho's belt broke and then that caused him to fall from the power bomb and then warlow picked his ass up anyway and um yeah you know tell us james he's washed man he's done there's a forcing out his out of jericho's bag he might be able let me phrase that he might be able to put a big match together but as hit but like this five labors of jericho has showcased you that him as a person that wrestles like every single week on tv he's done he's done in this town doing this like 
is not there, man. Like he is there for an attraction for attraction matches because he is still a great promo. He's still super over. People still view him as a legend. And I feel like this five labor thing is is kind of overexposed him in the ring. And like we were talking about this even during like the tail, the back half of the uh, the back third of the um, or back two thirds of the Orange Cassidy stuff. But like mm-hmm. once we were able to get the the Pinnacle versus Inner Circle stuff, he was able to be hidden because it's all faction stuff. And he can still he's still perfectly fine in that regard. But as singles matches by himself, he can't get the job done more times than not anymore. He just can't. Yeah. It's uh it's tough to to see that because Chris Jericho has literally been one of the great workers of our lifetime. Yeah. Uh the last twenty five 27 years 30 years uh pretty much and he's uh i think in the right situation he's good but the right situation is coming up less frequently um so he's not gonna be always in there with with kenny he's not gonna be in there with uh with mox uh the the top end of the card i I think he's finished uh uh, as far as that uh would, would go they they have him with MJF and we know MJF can do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's a, it's a sign that they're pulling them from pay-per-view where who knows if it was ever on the pay-per-view, but mm-hmm. they're doing it on TV um, here. And I'm interested to see if he gets the win um, over MJF. Now uh, I don't think he will. Um, they've got them. Uh, they've got a weird stipulation. They're going to have no Judas next week. Um, and then no Judas effect. So I don't know what was going to happen here, but um, I really enjoyed the Nick Gage uh, match. The Sean Spears match I thought overachieved as well. It did. Um, the, I forgot the third one. Hoovy uh, match wasn't his fault. Third was Hoovy. Yeah. Third, third was the Hoovy match, and I thought parts of that were good, and the finish was exciting. Warlow match just wasn't good. Don't put that on Warlow at all. Um, and then MJF, so I think he's he's wrestling for the storyline at this point. Like, if he can get a good match here, I think you got to call it a, a dub for him. But if it could all fall apart right here, yeah, I, I mean, either way, the crowd's into into this regardless of whether or not the match quality. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, but just for me, watching, just like Jericho got maybe like one title challenge in him, and he and after that, like he needs to move on to like the commentary booth. Like, so, uh, you know, it was a three-year contract. I think that runs out, what, the beginning of next year? Yeah. Um, you know, like, try and get one – Try to, if I were them, and we were talking about this before, like, you get them, like, one last uh, match against Kenny, the, the rubber match, um, mm-hmm. on pay-per-view, get the buy rate out of that for the title. The the role versus, the, the roles are reversed now, like, Jericho's baby face – those last legs might, might, might even want to make it a retirement match. It depends on how you want to do it. But, like, get that one last match, get that gate, and get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> you, keep, you keep this up, we're going to start talking about him like he's Undertaker or Triple H. You keep yeah, this up. Like, like it, it don't take much like to get into the Undertaker uh, level. Um, especially because like, once it go, it's only gonna get worse and worse and worse. And then people gonna remember like, damn, bro, he been he been at this level for a minute now, and it's yeah. been you can honestly say it's been like this for like ten months now or something like that. So, you know, yeah. unless he wants to like hop in the tags with with uh with 
with uh, Sammy or whatever else, cool. But as a single, I think we're done with singles. I think we're done with singles. Yeah, sobering. Um, but yeah, so that was that was a uh, AW pretty much. But um, yeah, the another show uh, this weekend, Triple Mania. So this damn show. Every year I make sure to watch Triple Mania because, quite frankly, you never know what you're gonna see. And we saw some shit that we didn't expect to see uh, on this show. It wasn't the greatest show in the world. It was like mid tier overall, I would say. Um, I, I actually liked Triple Mania last year a lot more. Uh, yeah, it was an empty building or whatever, but um, they did have fans this time. And, you know, it's the fucking Wild West, uh, AAA. <laughs> so uh, let's just go through it here. So we started um, with the uh, the Battle Royal kind of. Mr. Iguana got the win over Drago, who looks like the Witchmaster. Uh, look it up. Uh, Mr. C's, Carta Brava, Aramis, Nino Hamburguesa. Uh, t- who freaking Mike from the uh, Levitar show said that was new favorite wrestler, I believe. Um, Hamburguesa? Yes. Of um, course. Are we, get a hamb- are we going to get a Hamburguesa versus uh, World Famous CB? Who? Cheeseburger. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it's... it's- it's hamburger versus cheeseburger. The fuck, like you know, no one saw this match for me. There's no I, way I, no one saw this match for me. I, I didn't think of it, but um, creative mind, right there. I mean, not no one saw. It. I mean, there's no way. <laughs> no, I'm gonna phrase it. I don't mean. There's no way that no one has thought of this match before me. Someone has thought this before. I had to. Somebody has watched Triple A and saw that, and then like, oh yeah, like big guy versus. Skinny guy, they both have the same name, they're both crowd favorites, doing comedy stuff or whatever else. Put them in a match, like somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, I mean, ROH is always linked with CMLL, so I don't know. Good point, never mind. The the politics of Mexican wrestling, thank you. Yep. Mocha, Moco Coda, Pimpinella, Viano 3 Jr., uh, Mamba, or Arganis, and yeah. It's called the Copa Bardal. So, Mr. Iguana was awesome, but yes. this this shit was a struggle. The, this shit like, was hilarious. They were not fucking around with the interests. Like, once someone got into the ring, you had 45 seconds to get in, do your shit, and then time for the next person to come in. And I gotta say, I like this a lot more than how they handled that stardom battle royal back in uh, back in Budokan Hall in March because... <laughs> They was out here. The interest, interest music was out here, waiting for the beat to build for Yoko Beto. Took like fifty seconds. The next thing you know, she comes out. She's halfway up the ramp, and then the next music starting off. So they're 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 doing it way better. I feel like the perfect way to do it is how Vince Vince does a rumble. But if there's alternative, it is it is triple A. Get in, get your shit, and then and then we're and then we're moving on quickly. Right. Um. And after that, we had Team Lenata America defeated Team Terra Purpura, and this was the Marvel match. Um, yeah, man, this was. I don't know how, this is the second year in a row they've done one of these matches that I remember, and I still don't know how they don't get sued. They got they got Brian Cage dressed as Thanos. <laughs> they got Vikingo dressed as Spider Man. Um, People working twice on this show. Yeah. Um, you know, people dressed up as Captain Marvel. People dressed up as Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. Um, there was a Captain America. Uh, have you figured out who Captain America was yet, Rich? Captain America. That's what you thought was Daga. Finished. It might have been Daga. Yeah, I, I'm not sure who it was. Okay. Yeah, man. <clears throat> um, just 
it's a fun little match. Yeah. You know, um, it, like I will say this though, I'm sure, I'm sure, like you know, how many times Cage actually goes to Mexico? I guarantee you he loves it because like he gets to be like he always is big man because he is big man. But they, but he also gets to be big and tall man when he goes to Mexico and he like he gets to tower over people and just be hulking presence. And then yeah. also I forgot about it. They had on the baby face side they had a running a running baby face run in from the Incredible Hulk went face to face with with Brian Cage who's Thanos. I'm just thinking to myself like. I saw I saw that movie. Thanos whooped Hulk's ass. Why are they going face to face and just stand each other off and then it end up being two on three on the back end while they face to face and the baby faces won while cheating. I, whatever. Mexican wrestling, they don't give a fuck. They don't care about about none of that shit making sense. You try to you, it's for you to make sense. It's really just to pop you. That's all you, it's for. You figure it out. Um so question from uh Bruce. He says if Vince ever saw the Lucha Libre Marvel edition wrestlers and thought, hey, there's money to be made here, who would he mask up to play some of the roles of the heroes and villains? Well, uh I think he would bring Nikki almost a superhero in there. <laughs> Seeing as how he's already doing that, I mean, seeing that they did uh, Stardust versus uh, <laughs> with, with you know Stardust versus uh, Neville uh, in the yeah. superhero shit back then, like in two thousand what sixteen or whatever else, like they, they look, they've done that before. They they've tried it before. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, people, he would suit up. I think he would put Jackson Riker in there just because he's huge. Um, I think, and I don't know all the characters and all that, uh, for the Marvel stuff, Bruce, mm-hmm. but somebody would, he'd be, he'd be somebody that's big, uh, Ricochet, he would definitely make Spider-Man. Um, well, I mean, he's already been <clears throat> Spider-Man on, he's already dressed up as Spider-Man before, uh, for, uh, WWE. So. Yeah. He's done the super, the hero thing too. Yeah. Um, man, this is a lot more common than, um. Than, than we think apparently well, i mean you just gotta put a mask on them right right so so who are who are some of the other uh marvel characters like who, who would be low-key james who would be low-key you, you you always bring him up <sighs> an asshole um let's see who would be a jerk that was a scrawny skinny jerk i mean seth Rollins would make a good uh, uh low-key I was gonna offer Ziggler, but that works also. Well, the dark hair is more the thing that makes me think of it. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, there. Obviously, you know, Roman Reigns would make a great Thor. Big, okay. muscly, long hair. McIntyre would make a great Thor as well. Um, McIntyre already has his own weapon. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Trying to what, think. What kind of weapon did Thor have? It was Th- a hammer. Thor has right? a gigantic hammer. Okay. I'm so. not even gonna. I'm not gonna give. I'm. I know the name of it. It's called. But I'm not even gonna get into it because be like, what the hell is Mule? What the hell is Mjolnir? Doesn't matter. It's a gigantic hammer. It's a hammer. So, it's a so hammer. basically, uh, the WWE version would be them just switching it up enough where Drew has a sword instead of a hammer. I mean, or it could just be a gigantic mallet. God damn it. Fiend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh. And then you talk about uh, well, that's not Marvel, but that's Image Comics. Like the Fiend is just the Violator from Spawn. Mm. Let's see. Um, <laughs> CM Punk will be Wolverine. 
Yes, that people that have been making that joke for a decade or close to a decade now. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther. He, he can be Cedric Alexander since he's dressed up as Black Panther before. Yes, he has. Um, and a- as has uh, me and him. How about Professor X? Okay, so any bald guy. Any bald white guy. Uh, Baron Corbin? <laughs> uh, no, well... Seeing that he's British, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, I'm going to say Danny Birch. <laughs> that works. <laughs> how about, uh, how about the Human Torch? Johnny Storm. Um, look, we can almost say Bray Wyatt for that one too, because they lit him on fire. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I'm Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler would have made a great Johnny Storm. Peak Ziggler, like 2000, early 2010 Ziggler would have made an amazing, amazing uh, Johnny Storm. Because, like, all you got to think of when you think of Johnny Storm is you think of, like, Maverick from Top Gun. Captain America. Ooh. Um, John Cena, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah, sure. Why not? How about the Hulk? Oh, any Strowman? Yeah, say Strowman. Strowman. How about even though he's not with the company right now? But yeah, yeah right. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the red. Jean Grey. Jean, uh, I mean, the only redhead that's in the company right now that I could think of would be Becky, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. I mean, I mean, I'm not about. To, well, what's name has pink hair now? Uh, even Marie, so I'm not even gonna do that. But yeah, I, I would, for lack of of just, uh, I, I would guess you have to go with Becky Lynch, even though she's not Brit or the accent is different. But whatever. Give you one more. Who is going to be the Silver Surfer and not Max B? <laughs> God damn it! Was this actually in the thing, or did you just pull this out your ass? I I, I just put up a list. Oh, okay. Silver Surfer uh, on there. Yeah, man, Silver Surfer is hard to Silver Surfer. The way, the way they explain it is, there is a uh, planet destroying type of god in the in the universe uh, that comes and eats planets. The dude mm-hmm. said, "I will be your I will be your herald. I will work for you if you save my planet." And the 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 god says, "You'll be my you will now be my person that goes out for the rest of eternity that goes that goes." In, Surfs the galaxy and finds plans for me to eat. That is Silver Surfer, um, and he has mind wiped along the way. Uh, but while making him uh, his his uh, his person to go survey the landscape of the world of the galaxy to uh, to find planets, he he gives him part of his power, and the power is called power cosmic. So he can do all types of incredible things. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of someone that, that noble. I don't know Xavier Xavier Woods. Sure, sure. why make not? Xavier, yeah, make Xavier Woods Silver Surfer. Why not? Make <laughs> All him- right. Hopefully that uh, answers your question, Bruce. Um, so we had Deanna Perrazzo against Fabio Apache for the Reina de Reina's title. Um, me, this was kind of a nothing match. Like there was a lot of hero ref shenanigans here. Uh, apparently, the Apaches and um, the heel refs have had a rivalry for generations. So there's Tarantes and Tarantes Jr., who's the heel ref. Yes, they have juniors and the referees uh, on you boys. But, um, yeah, 
Fabio Pachi was pretty aggressive on the match, as to be expected. Uh, Deanna Peraza kind of just showed up. I don't know if she really knew what was going on, but um, she looked like she was included in anything that was happening. Yeah, and like she was like, and like she went there in good faith with open mind, and they kept doing stuff that she was completely not clued in on, and she was just basically there to deal with the fallout. And I can't blame her for that because, like, if I was, she was a fish out of water, and she, like, that was their world. She was trying to live in and trying to get it where she fit in, and she got the fuck out of there. And like, that's best you could ask for her in that situation because they was doing a bunch of shit that was like, I don't know, I don't know why they decided to bring Diana Perazzo in for that. Like, yeah. I thought we were, I thought we were coming in here for for for, for technical wrestling proficiency. That that was not what happened. That no. was there's a bunch of shenanigans. No. Uh, up next, we had a triple A tag team title match. Uh, Phoenix of Pentagon uh, defeated uh, El he- or excuse me, Ejo del Vikingo, uh, Laredo Kid, and Taurus, and Brian Cage, who was a mystery partner. This was a blast. Yeah. Um, gotta say, like, for people that talk about uh, Lucha and when it's bad, it's bad, and it absolutely is. But when it's good, you can just shut your your fucking mind off and watch the laser show and the fireworks, and that was that was a blast to watch. Um, I like this a lot more than other people see, uh, than what I saw other people giving it um, online. So this kind of surprised me. Like I gave that shit four and a half, and I was like, I had a blast watching it. Just had a blast. Just they were great. And one thing I will say that for people that did not like this show that much, I can understand because the camera cuts on this show were like atrocious. Oh, not even Kevin on his worst day has been this bad. Yeah, like, it was just saying something because like that's a dude that weird cut angles like thirty times in thirty seconds on a beatdown on, on a stomping beatdown. It's like they'll pull the camera out too far. They'll zoom it in too close. They'll cut the camera to the side like it's and then back to that straightaway angle they had where uh, you had mentioned that it looked like they were just trying to get the sponsor uh, in the camera shot. So it was just it, it was a it was a difficult watch uh, most yeah. of the night. And it was not and like come on, this is my third time watching uh, my third straight triple mania. I never had this kind of issue with the camera direction before. Yeah. But this was like, excuse me. Um, this was uh, goddamn insane. Uh, Phoenix and Pentagon keep their belts that they won back in 2019. 19, yeah. No one said a word about this, James. No. Um, no. Which we'll get to later. Um, so after that, we had uh, La Impresa. So that's, uh, or excuse me, before that, um, there was like a, uh, a group that came from CMLL, uh, which is called NGD. And apparently they um, are three of the 10 biggest stars in CMLL, all main eventers, all heels, uh, all under 30, I believe. And they defected to um, AAA from CMLL. They main evented the Friday night show for CMLL last week. And they added on to the La Impresa, who apparently were already invaders from CMLL. So they're linking up on some NWO shit and they took on Pagano murder clown and Chessman. And if that sounds familiar to at all, Pagano and Chessman were the main event last year and they beat the Holy shit out of each other last year. So the whole thing was like, can these people get along uh, that normally hate each other? And murder clown was in there. You know, Um, this was like some of the sloppiest street fight action. Just like what the fuck is happening here? Mindless bullshit. You'll ever see. Uh, Yeah. Just full of fuck shit. I have nothing to add. Yep. 
we'll get to uh, the next next match. Kenny Omega versus Andrade for the Triple A Mega Championship. Man, um, I've been seeing a lot of. I, I, I guess we're on a we're on an island on this one, James. I really like this match. I really liked it too. Um, and the the simple basic story of the match is Kenny Omega does something in. Andrade follows it up by doing his his basic like counterpart like move of it like V you hit me with V triggers I hit you with double knees to the corner, um, you do a headlock takedown I do a headlock takedown and it kept progressing throughout the whole entire match and like I thought that uh, I really enjoyed the match and I thought they sold in Andrade sold really well worked from underneath from for mo- or for a good chunk of the match and then all of a sudden like then Rick got in, Rick Flair came out who was his um. Guess I, I totally forgot that. <laughs> yeah, it came out. I, apparently, that's his first time ever like showing up in a Mexican at a Mexican uh, show, uh, like or since like the eighties or something. Um, and yeah, like he came out and he uh, he got in the ring when there were shenanigans were afoot, and he him and um, Andrade threw you know uh, chop took turns taking chops on Omega. And like I and then Conan got in the ring and um, Conan ended up getting put in a figure four while Andrade put um, or by Ric Flair while Andrade put uh, Omega in a figure four. And then at the end, um, Omega ended up winning after after with some nonsense with a belt shot or, or dropping um, Andrade on the on the uh, the belt one with the angel, one wing angel. Yeah. And I thought like. I thought it was a I thought it was a damn good match. I ended up giving it four flat stars or whatever. So I don't I I don't know uh, people. Uh, I saw a lot of people. Actually, no, I gave it four and a quarter. I take that back. Um, and I, and I saw people like they thought that this match was not that good. I'm like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I enjoyed it. I thought they told a good story. I thought the finish was lame. But if if you hate the finish that much, I could see you knocking it down a peg. But. Like I don't, get, I don't like, get how people th- think this was a very good match at all. I, I don't. I don't get that at all. Like if you have Ric Flair there, I think you have to use him. Um, just saying. Like it, it's kind of been like the rule for like the last forty five years in wrestling. Like, uh, like it's kind of the the thing to do. But um, yeah, I thought this was. Um, it felt Could they have big. a better match? Sure. Yes. Yes. They definitely have a better match in them. Yeah. Um, I think people wanted that that five star match and they didn't get that and I I get it. Um, but were I'm they ever going to were they ever going to get it here? Not with these elements in play. Like they had a whole entertainment portion of the match to work in, um, and I, I gotta say I can't really be that upset about it because like they showed us plenty of good wrestling. I thought in the first half of the match, a lot of people were disagreeing. A lot of people saying it was slow. It was all this. I was like, I don't understand. I thought it was well, I thought it was well paced compared to, to a normal match. Like if you're saying it's, it's slow paced for Lucha. Eh, because like, I, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the pacing of Lucha is big move, sell forever, get up, big move, sell forever. Um, so like I didn't think that it was that out of place. Like, if is it out of place compared to like the three way tag match in pacing? Yeah, sure. But it's like they built it like it was a title match. Yeah, like it was like it felt like they were going longer than they went. 
Yeah, maybe that was the part where like it didn't, it didn't have the crescendo that you expected of like you know, you know, the crazy finishing sweep. Yeah, like and if if that's the case, then sure. But it's like I mean, it, it doesn't like Kenny Omega doesn't really fucking do that anymore in these since he's turned heel. So it's like I don't see how that's that much different from like the Jungle Boy match or. Uh, obviously, it's not the Phoenix match. It's clearly not the Phoenix match. I'm not saying that, but it's like I thought this was in line with like his low four star title stuff he's done this year. Yeah, and, and it's Andrade's best match by far since, and, and it made Andrade look like he's not like this liability who's coasting on his name um, anymore. Because there was a lot of a, a lot out there about Andrade about that. Because at a bad match, I think it was uh, Laredo Kid somewhere. Um, there was another. There was the Matt Sidell match, which didn't light the world on fire. Um, and that's true. He's and he's been limited, and like they've kept him like well protected. So between mm-hmm. this and then wrestling pack, there's like no excuses. So yeah. I thought he came to wrestle like he was fine. He felt like I was watching the dude we knew. Right. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was cool, and it was like 24 hours after the fucking Pittsburgh match. So uh, Kenny had to get his ass on the plane to fucking Mexico uh, to show up there and do that. So uh, maybe it's a uh, the travel schedule is getting to him. Uh, but you know, I thought what, it was. What uh, city were they in? They. Ooh, I did not look that up. Hold on, let me see. They were in Mexico City, actually. Well, that's man. like. Deep into Mexico. Not even that. Like the elevation. Yeah. Like that's like that's like second out of a bat to back in Denver or Utah. Yeah. That will eat your ass up. How's Kenny? Thirty what? Thirty seven, I believe. Thirty seven. Like Kenny's a great athlete. He's not no damn NBA athlete. <laughs> so, like whatever. Like they had a. I thought they had a great match. Um. In like whatever. I enjoyed yeah. the shit out of the match. Um, did I think it was like their best? No. Do I think they have better matches in them? Yes, lots of them. I think we'll eventually get one, and then people will relax. Yeah. Maybe I'm being too nice this week. I don't know. <laughs> um, so there was a story that broke that said originally Andrade was supposed to win the championship here, but AW asked them to hold off on that for the time being. This apparently sent everyone in the uproar, and by everyone I mean the people that. Hey, don't watch AAA. The ones that A probably didn't watch the show. Um, <laughs> B the any anytime Kenny Omega defends the AAA belt or when the Young Bucks won the tag team belts, like all the same stuff uh, popped up. So a lot of this stuff is like low hanging stuff that we can easily swat down. That's put it out in bad faith. Um, but yeah, it's it's like okay, so. Like you care more about the championships than the promotion or the fans do. Well, it's it's really simple. If the title had changed hand, it would have moved off of an AEW guy to another AEW guy. Yes. Like if you're so if your perspective is you know the 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 political the political working of uh, Kenny Omega and Tony Khan to to uh, run a sham or run a scam over the entire. Uh, wrestling or uh world as opposed to WWE as except for WWE then I guess maybe sure um or not like if if that's what you're looking for, if that's what you're looking to say well I just saw this man just you know he lost to Christian but I guess he said it's another AW guy I don't know but it's like 
the people he would be losing to would be AEW guys as well. So, like, what are you saying? Like, is it only for Kenny or, or, is, it, or, is, it, or is it, like, all just Tony Khan's even when Machiavellian's plot? Uh, you know, I don't uh, know. You know, Pentagon of Phoenix has been AAA tag team champions. AEW uh, guys, though, Rich. Yeah, AEW longer, guys. you know, longer than Kenny has had that belt. And I don't hear people about them yeah. needing to come off the belts. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So I was happy because he keeps to get keep going there because I still want to see the Vikingo match. Right. I want him to wrestle Psycho Clown. Uh, oh, no, about the Psycho Clown stuff. But like, you you know more than I do. But like, uh, Vikingo match is where like is is where I'm at. Yes, Vikingo definitely. Psycho Clown, uh, maybe. Um, yeah. So, has there been a Pentagon match? No. Okay. Yeah, so those would be two I'd be looking forward to um, if they if they do them. But um, yeah, man, like saw, yeah, like people got to stop the you know when the, when the elite does it is bad. Like it's it's like I know they I know I know they like what would y'all do without them? Then y'all wouldn't have nobody to to really like get upset with like this. Like you know like what like what is it, man? Like just, just let the hate go, man. That's what that's what I'm telling y'all to do. Y'all only hurting yourselves. Y'all only making your Twitter timeline miserable for 24 hours. Like you can just like totally skip this and not care. Just like AAA cares about the Triple A mega title. Not at all. You 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 could skip this, but this has to be a source of outrage. So I get it. I understand the grift. I mean, uh, I, I I I don't know. Like what I thought Andrade was going to win, but he didn't. Um, so I'm assuming that means he's going to be pop. Yeah, okay, I would so. think I, I I would think he's going to beat beat Pack. Um, but yeah, after that we got the main event: Mass versus Hair, Psycho Clown, Psycho Loco, Psycho Clown against Ray Scorpion. We call it. Or I was telling James, I was like, "There's no way, fuck." Ray Scorpion is about to win uh, because Psycho Clown is his dad just died and he's not losing no fucking mask versus hair mask to this old dude or whatever that's dressed like, you know, uh, a cosplay member of the shield. So uh, I'll say this for Ray Scorpion. He pretty much took every like they got all the heat on in the world on Psycho Clown. Like if Hogan was a luchador in the 80s, this is how they would have done it. Um this man Psycho Clown comes out with his kids. He has a woman with him who I'm presumed is his wife or a significant other or somehow. He's wearing his dad's super porky's jacket. And he's uh, you know, they do like a ceremony for him. This dude Ray Scorpion says, fuck all that shit. Blast him over the head with a weapon, breaks up the ceremony. They're putting him through tables, they're fighting all over the building. Um, they're bleeding, he's ripping the mask up uh there's people with ray scorpion that are getting involved there's a heel actually no there's no heel ref in this one um they had the woman that came out with psycho clown turned on them it was just all the absurdness and wildness that you would expect in any triple a main event like the last three years like or there was one year it was like uh a four-way cage match and then the last two had to wrestle and then the that person had to unmask. That match was fucking batshit insane too. That's like when I first started watching AAA, and it was like, um, I think that was when Phantasma unmasked, and it was like uh, all the heel referee shenanigans and all that bullshit. But Psycho Clown got turned on by his own woman, still persevered. Um, this was fucking crazy, and I liked it by the end because it was just a fucking wild brawl spectacle. 
I, 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 it, it was, I don't know what the hell to say about this match. It was everything. It was everything, and, and good and bad. I, I will never watch this match again under any circumstances. Like, in fact, like, if you want to annoy me, you would, like, force me to watch it again. But, like, I, it was just, it was a lot, a whole lot. Yeah, I don't know if it necessarily meant to be good, but it was a spectacle, as you said. And, like, nothing made sense. Nothing was meant to make sense. Everything was there just to pop you and overwhelm your sensory, uh, your sense, your senses. Uh, and maybe for a lot of people, I'm sure it did, but for me, it didn't because I wasn't invested. Maybe if I was invested, it would have worked, but I was just sitting there like, this is ridiculous. Like, I even called the spot I, beforehand. Like, I called a spot where, like, his, uh, his, this, the, the woman was going to turn on him. And I was like, Yo. I can't believe she turned on him. Isn't that, isn't that the mother of his kids? Like, his, and then, like, and then, but what I will say is this the, 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 the craziness of this guy with his evil, demented looking clown mask coming down to the ring with his two kids with, that look like minis that they look like, Little baby jokers with this with big joker like the DC villain Batman's nemesis coming down to the ring and there and then that by the time they had won or uh Psycho Clown had won the match the he has his half torn mask he's dancing the ring his kids are in the ring they got and they're dancing too and I'm just like this is absurd and confetti's falling and I'm just like I don't get this but like this has to be like the the, the, the I, but. It went on last, and like the crowd's happy, and like that's ultimately what wrestling's supposed to be about. Is like, so I was like, whatever, it, it succeeded, but like I can't bro, give this one match. I don't know hilarious. what the fuck to give this. Bro, I, I, I give, had no idea. I can give this shit once. I give this shit one and a half star and move on with my day. But like, okay, but, <laughs> but that, that, that wasn't the it, it wasn't the objective, right? It wasn't a work rate match. It wasn't. It, it, no one's out here trying to sell passion and a hold and desperation. People just hit each other with shit. And, bro, and like, mutilation and and, and crazy bro, shit happening. Was stabbing his man. He was stabbing this man in the head like yeah. they were they were breaking open the, the illusion mask to ble- to bleed yeah uh, on you boys. Um, but they ended up cutting Red Scorpion's hair and um he and they actually, botched it. They botched yeah. it at first. Like they brought in, I believe his da- his like teenage daughter or your preteen age daughter to cut his hair and she didn't know where to cut it. So then. The ref then like lost his lost his uh his nerve and like tried to cause his hair is bunched up to like a top ponytail and um he went to try to just cause it's long hair and he, he went to try to like use the, the you know um cordless uh clippers to try to cut through that hair and it's like nah you gotta cut it down first and it got ended up getting caught. So then they had to go get a, a stronger pair of uh scissors to cut through it and they basically cut this man's hair with with scissors and even shave it. I was like, whatever. And at the end of the match, they shook hands after going through all that. After he ran yeah. out his dad before they went to do this death match, and his wife turns on him, and his wife's up to halfway up the ramp. Just I'm, can't believe that she turned on 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 uh on Psycho Cloud. Psycho Cloud still fucking work. won. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself like, did she turn on him because she's like, I'm tired of you living this life. You need to come. You need to come home. Help, help me raise these damn kids. And and she just she just. I, She's up the ramp the whole time for like forty minutes, making the same face. Like I can't believe this fucker won that I screwed him. How? What are we gonna do when we get home now? Like, right. what is the home segment like? Like, do we need? To, and then it's like myself. Like, this shit won't even matter by the time you do the next show because they just did the shit just to do it. So whatever. You know, like, triple mania. Absolutely nope. nuts. It's a spectacle. Yes, it's nuts. This like, is what I will say, right? If WWE put on a show like this, they would be fucking destroyed. 
oh yes oh my oh, god yes. they buried under the earth like tr- like triple a is like like the crazier it gets like the more you like it like that's that's for me at least I have low, no low investment. Low Look, investment. I have no. I have no expectations. No None. expectation. Like, no investment. Like, yep. Like I, I watch the flips. I see the masks. I listen to Hugo Zavinovich, uh, yeah, Brutal, Brutal, and, and then and that's Brutal. it. That's it. You know. Yeah. Low standards. You know. Uh, but bring that across the border. No. Then the then the guard goes up. You know. But um. It, you bro, know. can you imagine that if that if that shit was on American cable? Woo. We would tear that shit to bits. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, we 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 be like we would be saying all types of stuff that that would just be like uncomfortable about how like this is what y'all do with y'all wrestling, and then like the rest, then we, then we start talking take out the words talking about wrestling, and we're talking about like we we would be making all types of assumptions. And it's like nah, man. Like nah, it's just a stupid wrestling show. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I guess there's only one thing left to do, James. What's that? Hit the music. So I see you switched up the uh, switched up the cadence. Uh, so I don't know where exactly we start. So we we uh, we watched the main events from um, the f- second weekend of the Grand Prix. So just to catch you up to speed, I guess we'll go. I'll quickly go through the undercard stuff from that. Um, Tam ended up beating uh, uh, Roaka. I ended up giving that two and a half stars. Uh, Saki rolled up Julia. Um, good match, got better and strong, a uh, lot stronger towards the end. I ended up going um, three and a quarter. I see a lot of people gave it a three and a half, but I, I'm, that's where I'm keeping it. Utami Unagi, uh, they had a, their match was I ended up giving it three and a half stars. Unagi is can be very good if she if she just gets the shit beat out of her and she basically fights from underneath, like very much like Yoshihashi. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we saw that main event Azumi versus Sure. We talked, we gushed about that last week. Um, uh, the eight eight show in Osaka as well. Uh, Mike ended up being uh, Roka. I ended up giving that two and two quarter, two and a quarter. Um, Mina ended up being Saki. Um, ended up getting that three flat. Uh, Mina ended up winning with uh, her uh, the the cribbed uh, Milano Collection AT old roll up that she now uses. She calls it the the Mina Collection or the mm-hmm. Mina Collection AT or something like that. Um, then they did Kid versus Nasapoi, a preview for their uh, high speed match that will be that was uh, scheduled to be, I think, this weekend before the match, the shows got canceled. Um, they had been they had been talking about this before uh, Nasapoi got hurt, before they brought uh, Starlight Kid over to uh, Oedo Tai. So they've been building this for a while. So it was like, all right, they had a match, good match, and then they end on a double countout from. Both of them in and out outside the ring. One's trying to get in the ring, and then like uh, Oedo Tai st- tries to stop uh, the Oedo Tai goons on the ringside. Try to stop, and then Oedo Tai and Dominic Mondo are fighting 
ringside, and then people are doing dives on each other off the apron, and then one one tries to get in, the other one stops the other, the other one tries to get in, the other one stops, and it gets a 20 count, double count out, and the real match, you actually get the finish um, whenever they have the match, who knows what it will be, but I was furious when I saw this finish, I was like, this is what y'all do, y'all couldn't just do a stupid DQ to get the fuck out of there, oh, it'll tie, whatever, um, then you have to get the points away, whatever, I don't know, um, so they both get a one point for that. They deserve no points for that, but whatever. Uh, then, uh, then the main event is Kamatani versus Tam. We we talked about that match and gushed about it last week. Uh, uh, so um, that brings us up to the stuff we you actually we actually watched together um, before Triple Mania started. So uh, first match, uh, Konami versus uh, Unagi, and this match starts off with Unagi. Um, I, I think this is playing off of their trios match um, where they put six people from the blue block uh, and separated them into a trios. So they had uh, at that Cork and Hall, they had Konami, Shuri, and, and uh, Unagi together versus, I believe it was Micah, Tam, and it might have been Kamatani. And the whole match is basically like Konami and Shuri with their bond. They're in the ring and they do not want to let Unagi in the match. And Unagi's just this dumb baby face that's just too happy to be hanging out with these two ass kickers. And they get an, and they annoy and and she annoys them to where they basically beat her up and use her as a weapon to throw it into these people at times. So after that match when they lost, because Unagi of course took that pin. Uh, they beat her up backstage when Nagi tried to get a, you know, you saw, I've seen that video of them beating them up. You've seen it. So, mm-hmm. Unagi's yeah. trying to shake Konami's hand in this, uh, uh, the start of this match, and Konami doesn't want no parts, and she's just so insistent of sticking her hand out, and then eventually Konami says, I've had enough of you. You cost me a fucking match a couple weeks ago, and you're in here, and you're insufferable. I don't want to shake your hand. You keep insisting I shake your hand. She literally ducked underneath her fucking hand that was extended and grabbed a fucking chokehold and immediately started the match. And I was like, I fucking how this like I fucking hate you. What? Why do you like? You can see like it's just so funny. Like I, I hate this woman. I, I'm disgusted by this woman. I hate that she even exists. I hate that she's in a fucking starter ring and she's trying to choke her the life out of her. And then she proceeds to just kick her in the face and kick the shit out of her throughout most of this match and then Unagi's fighting from underneath and she's fighting back at times and uh, by the end like Konami just slaps on a uh, a uh, triangle lancer and taps her out after beating the shit out of her for like 80% of the match and I, just, uh, I thought it was hilarious so I, I, I ended up giving it three and a half stars I think uh, no I, I give it three and, th- three and a quarter I think you gave it three and a half right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I liked it I thought I thought Unagi was awesome as a uh Getting, fight, getting beat up fight from underneath yeah and like yeah. it does show the progression from because it was a way more competitive match than the match she had with Konami doing this, uh, the seven match trial series uh, back in February because she was out here getting her ass whooped by Konami she actually she actually got some offense in this time so she's getting better she's still getting her ass she gets, she's still getting the, the, the dog walked with her but she, she's getting she's uh, she's fighting back at least um, so uh, the main event from that I'm sorry, not the main event, but the uh, the last uh, Grand Prix match from that card is uh, Micah versus Azumi. I really like this match. Uh, I rewatched it, uh, and more or less the gist of the match is Azumi is trying to do the high speed stuff, not working, um, and she's trying to get to certain spots. We're trying to do suplexes, but but Micah's power is just 
too much to deal with, and Micah is getting her on the ground. So uh, Azumi starts saying like, "I'm gotta, I gotta work over her arms to get, you know, to rings of Saturn and um, roll ups and try to take advantage of the speed to get momentum." And then ultimately, um, Micah cuts her off and then drops her to Michinoku Driver and gets the win. Uh, but before that were a lot of near falls where it looked like Azumi actually was going to get the W over Micah, but it didn't happen. But I, I really like the match. I'm going to give it a, uh, in, on rewatch, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I think that's where you were originally. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, then, we, then we're moving on to the uh, 813 Tokyo uh, Cork Hall show. Um, there were undercard matches. I'm not going to get them. Just go straight with the um, five star stuff. Uh, Kid versus Def. Do you well, know watching before this? Before you do, yeah. Oh, before you ahead, do that. I know what you're gonna talk about. Let's get to it. Open the match. Open the match. Um, it's a four way. It's four way. It was Shuri versus Micah. No, sorry, Shuri versus Mina versus uh, Lady C versus Hannon. Yep. Uh, so it looks like they're about to do a four way lockup, and then Mina Shirakawa ducks out of the way, basically do her pose. You know, fresh off the Donsar Kuduro. Um, I started tweeting about this, and apparently other people agreed uh, that that's clearly what's going on a TNA level like level ripoff of the song. Someone uh, replied replied to me, um, but then Shuri taps her like, "Hey." I can do what you're doing here. So Shuri mocks Mina and gets down mm-hmm. and starts, you know, gyrating and shaking and shit. And I was just <laughs> Bro, fucking dying laughing. I got look. You see me on you see me on camera. You see that I got the mic muted. You see that I'm taking a drink of water. Don't say shit that's gonna make me spit on my laptop and ruin the equipment. We we're, we're trying to record this podcast. What are you doing? We've done this too many years for you to, 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 to not know what you were doing. You wanted me to ruin my, my damn laptop, Rich. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. She, I yes, saw that shit ahead. at like I was watching that shit at like eight in the morning. I woke right up, like, bro, like I I didn't know sh- I didn't know Shuri was like, you know, I'll I'll do the sexy stuff too, uh, Mina. Like it, it ain't no thing the studio gimmick. Yeah, like shit. Like I said, I've said to you before. You haven't seen much of it because that's not really what she has shown in Stardom. But like in other places, like she she's she has great comedic co- timing, bro. She's hilarious. Um, like she's a she's a true professional Shuri. Like she's better than even you think she is. Like she has more rage than you think she does. Uh, I think yeah. she's my favorite women's wrestler. I can, there, I, I, I like she's not mine, but like she's well, she's high on the fucking list. Yeah, she's like, she's, she's way high she's on the like list. Amazing. Like, yeah. Um, but then, but this match actually would end up being pretty good, uh, for yeah. an opener match. Like, you know, they had in there, get her thing. Like, they are doing their stuff, and at the end, like, uh, I think Mina ends up throwing, uh, Shuri out the ring when she has the match one, and she ends up rolling up, uh, Lady C with her, uh, Milano Collection AT, uh, finish. And then yeah. she, and then she stunned in front of Shuri, and Shuri made his face like, you won? I can't believe, yeah, I can't I can't. believe it. Yeah, yeah. Shuri has a great shot face. She's great with, uh, facial expression. Um, so yeah, I, uh, okay. What was the second match? Second match was a tag match. I, I don't remember what who was in. Oh, I know what it was. It was a Zumi, and no, I'm sorry. It was it was Rena and somebody from Oedo Tai versus uh, Utami and uh, Hina. Uh, but whatever. I don't even remember the match. It's going through my mind. Uh, but yeah, let's get to the third match. The uh, the first match of the uh, Grand Prix, um, Starlight Kid versus, uh, Fuki and Death. 
Um, Silent Match, I didn't give him three flat stars. High speed stuff, didn't go too long. Obviously, they're, they're teasing stuff where they're both in the same faction, so they're getting each other's trust and then betraying each other uh, throughout the match and taking shortcuts and corners on each other. Ultimately, um, Starlight Kid is getting the win. Uh, this was fun. This was, uh, like, I feel like I'm seeing the ring generalship of Starlight Kid, just like ultimate control mm-hmm. over one's like movements and um, death. I would love to see death like just plopped on national television in America. She'd and get then, over. Look, and then see people react to her. Like, be like, hold on. Like, it don't feel like she should be doing this. Like, no, the, the best part is, right? Like, and it's funny, like, because, uh, okay, so Meltzer. In 2019, it was the first time he had went to a stardom show in person uh, or whatever else when he was going to... Because this is when he went to uh, the Wrestle Kingdom that year. Yep. And he went to one of those Shinkiba first ring shows. And he he was just like... Obviously, like, the roster is a lot more experienced and better now and mm-hmm. older. But, like, he didn't realize that, like, this is a house show. Like, you're not going to see some blow-away, kick-ass, beat-the-fuck-out-of-you-Joshi, right, in the ring. Like, you're going to see some comedy. You're going to see, like, at that point in time, like, uh, okay, so Azumi turns 19 this year. Like, Azumi was, like, 16 or 15. No, she was 16 at the time, right? Starlight Kid was set was 16 turning 17, right? So, he's seeing, like, you know, girls that are now 16 that would have been at the time, like, 13 on these cards right it's like there's been evolution obviously and obviously the uh what the way they're handling stuff like they're they're trying to give more big matches away and trying to they're they're going harder than they were before but it's like this was you're watching like the first match the first show of the year on a house show it's cold as fuck and there's no ac there's no central heating in that building whatever so um I remember him saying that, like, he thought fucking Gadef sucked. Yeah. And I was like, that means you ain't seen, you ain't really seen her, you only seen her do the stupid comedy stuff. It's like, nah, man, like, she gets in here with a starlight, with any other high speed, any other speedster, and, like, she will go quickly give you a, a three and a half, three and three quarter star match in, like, seven minutes, and you'll be, and knowing him, knowing how he likes his wrestling, he'll give it four stars. So, I, it's just funny to me. So, but uh, but yeah. So, um, but as far as in America, I think I think he, I think she would get over on some like Emi Sakura ism type shit, where it's just like it's it's comedy. It is not some hard hitting stuff, but it's flashy and it's fast and like it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And it, and it, you know they're kind of ahead of you as far as what you think is going to ha- your expectations and subverting expectations. So yeah, I think her in the high speed match would work would work out gangbusters. Any of the high speed any of the high speeds from starting would work out gangbusters. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, I think that would work. But you know, uh, I think I think Emmy got that got that trap uh, locked up for now. So <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever going to get over. You know, she also uh uh. Def, she runs her own um, promotion, uh, that YMZ stuff, uh, or, mm-hmm. or promotion herself. But it's small, and <clears throat> I, I never even I never seen any of any of. Actually, I've seen one match. It was during the Yukigetsu retirement tour, but that was it. That's the only thing I've ever seen out of it. Um, so I don't know if that's a fair assessment. Um, but anyway, uh, moving on. Kamatani versus Konami. Really enjoyed this match. Um, 
Konami just came out and said, like, all of your flippy floppy stuff, nope, not doing it. Just gonna, like, we're, we're gonna try and make you wrestle. And um, ultimately, obviously, Comtite is gonna break free, but, like, I, I feel like the marriage of both their styles worked pretty well for this match, even though it went kind of short. Um, I ended up giving uh, three and three quarters, but I, I think match only went like seven minutes, something like that. Like, but I thought they worked. I thought they worked really well together. And like, um, after after she escaped the first triangle, so I was like, oh, she's going, she's going to hit the 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 the, the, the flash run and get the win. And sure enough, she ended up catching her, and like that's her thing now. Um, it's funny, I, like you can just look at like their gear, and it's like reflective of their styles, and like. <laughs> Like Konami's wearing all black like a goon and she's like um you know, just real by the basics like submission just, striker. Yeah. Real proficient technically and um uh, Kamatani is like all the flash, uh got whatever you want, pretty much like Yeah. Yes. Um on uh, next match after that, Tam versus Micah. Now Tam Ever since uh, the second night of the Grand Prix has been selling this injury from um, when Konami uh, wrapped her arm in a chair, her right arm in a chair and posted the arm or elbow first and then pulmonized the elbow. Um, so all of her matches have been throughout it just selling like she's on her full Ishii mode, just sell, sell, sell the injury throughout the whole tournament. And um, as it's gone, she's done a better job selling it. And obviously, like she had to, she's had to make less. uh um, less compromises with her selling to make it work, and uh, I feel like this match was. I, I love this match. Uh, like there are times when Mike is just overpowering, and Tam is trying to get her kicks off, or she is trying to like you know get a suplex, and she doesn't have the strength because of her arm, and then like can't get the suplex. All right, let me try to get wrist control, and then uh, the finish came actually on. Mike or she, her trying to get wrist control to get off a, a black mass kick, and Mike after she gets out of that out of that that gets that wrist control or gets or gets spent, spun out uh, for the the ripcord uh, black mass, she breaks that that arm uh, that that hole free from that bad arm, and then like goes to just like clobber her with a with a clothesline, and then like Tam just literally grab picks it out the sky that that, that lariat. And then rolls through in a cartwheel and into like what she normally would turn into a transition to like an arm bar on the floor, except she turns into a, a cover and gets a, the flash cradle pin. And after she was more or less like probably was in control for like 35% of the match, um, I, they have a way better match in them. But for seven minutes, I thought it killed it. I ended up, uh, I ended up giving this match three and a half. I, I, I like. Tam's really good at the tournament stuff. She has displayed that for the last two years when I've been watching her. Like she's really good at laying out what she wants to do, given the the time constraints, whatever. Like she has like pretty much the perfect match for the time she's giving and the slot she is is on the card. Um, Like I really thought she, I thought really thought Michael was going to drop her on her head and get the W and get a title defense, but nope, Tam ended up uh, stealing one. I had some absurd Tam comparison this week lined up, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, if I think of it throughout the week, uh, I will let you know. But it's you know it'll be your new uh, it'll my, be my new, new go to from last year from last yeah. week when you said that she is uh, like Tanahashi. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that that 
That one was like, whoa, whoa. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Um, then the semi main event, Mayu versus Natsupoi. This match was impressive for the fact that, like, it went 10 minutes, like, 10 minutes flat almost. I gave it four stars. I didn't think they were particularly on their game. But the layout of the match was so crazy, and the finish was so awesome off the playing off of, like, Nasupoi won that second match against, um, or won in night two against Momo with that step up, electric chair, spin off, roll down, cover on Momo. That she does it, she gets the electric chair position, step up, electric chair position on Mayu. Mayu basically throws her down, and then and just as fast she throw her down, lifted her right back up into that drag, that that second stage dragon suplex position and dropped her right on her neck and pinned her i was like god damn um they clearly have a better match in them but like they they they're so those two are so good and like that's their first match ever with each other in singles match and it's like this one if they ever have a big match setting it's gonna go to fuck off more than just four stars but this is four stars of 10 minutes yeah, I like this match too. Um, I like their high speed. Like every time. Uh, oh yeah, this this was it. Um, actually, no, it wasn't. Um, I was saying I said this to you the other day. Mm-hmm. Like when Mayu does high speed stuff, it's like Okada doing the dive over the ropes at the <laughs> dome or something. At this point, but they um, yeah, I I like when she dips into the high speed bag just to show y'all what she used to do. And um, I ever since Nasapoy's match with Azumi, I've enjoyed her quite a bit. Uh, and this this was like you know I never really thought about this combo before with Nasapoy and Mayu, but um, there was a near fall that I bit on uh, for Nasapoy. Was it on the it was, was it on the roll through for like the multiple rolls after a Lamai stroll? I think so. Okay. And I was like, are we about to see an upset here? Because, like, you know, we have seen upsets already so far. I was absolutely shocked uh, the other week when Izumi beat uh, Sherry. Yeah. So I I wasn't sure. But, um, yeah, this was very good also. Yeah. Uh, in the main event, you did not see this, but I would suggest you go back and see it. This one, like, 14 minutes is also – I also gave this four stars. Uh, Kaguma versus uh, Julia. A lot of this is playing on their match in their their tag match from the last pay per view or not last not the last pay per view from the January or July. Uh, let me start over. A lot of this is playing off of their um, interactions building towards their Fourth of July pay per view match uh, where it was Shuri and Julia defending the tag titles versus Mayu and Kaguma. Um, there's a lot left like uh, unresolved from their their beef. Um, basically, Julie, uh, Julie got rolled up by uh, Kaguma on a Cork and Hall leading up to it, and it led to that title match. And then um, they it was really heated between those two it, during that tag match, and then they were in the same block. And then I, I was looking at this card, and it was like, all right, so I'm assuming Tam versus Micah or Mayu Naspoi is going to main event. And I saw, saw that Julie and Kaguma were main event. I was like, why the fuck is that main eventing? Um, <laughs> Because, like, obviously, uh, Kaguma is good, but she is still behind because she has been away for, she's been away for a minute. You know, Kaguma uh, translates to bear in uh, in Japanese. I did not. Yeah, so that's because she, so bear ears. When she does her pose, uh. those are bear ears. So, um, but anyway, she, uh, 
<laughs> Rich was doing the the, the Kaguma pose and it's like because like yep. she's she's so wholesome and adorable when she does the, the the bare ears or whatever else her pose. But anyway, uh, like seeing her all adorable next to that ruffian, that thug, that bully, and uh, Julia, and obviously is just naturally there. Uh, like the the um, the tension between them two, and like it went off. Like there was a set, there was a moment where like. Towards the end, where Koguma just gets, keeps hitting these high angle rolling um, German suplexes on Julia, and then set up for her big one where she basically catches you, like have you wrapped around the waist, basically by uh, wrapped around uh, the opponent's waist, where she has you like super high, like basically up on her chest, and just lifts. It looks like she's about to drop you on the back of your head, but um, it ends up just being her finish, and like she kicked out, and then um, they they did everything. They pulled out all the tricks for this match. It, it reminded me a lot of. Um, the white belt defense that Julia had against Starlight Kid in February is not as good as that, but just far as like, you're, she's faced somebody that you know she's going to win, but she's going to do everything in her power to make you think that she can win this match by giving her every near fall under, under the book, and then eventually she's going to win. And you just think of like when people talk about Julia and her push, whatever else, you can't say she's not giving because she gave her a whole lot. Um, hmm. She and, and she bumping her ass off, and that's one thing I always like about Julia is that she'll t- she'll wear an ass in a heartbeat to get over a match. Um, so, so yeah, uh, really gr- really good match, like thirteen minutes, fourteen minutes, and it's on par with like the the Bane bits for that we were talking about last week with the the Azumi and the Shuri and the Tam and the Kamatani match. We're just like there's this is like thirteen or fourteen minutes, and like there's nothing you would take or change in this match. It's like a perfect sub fifteen minute match. Um. So yeah, uh, I remembered what my comparison was. Okay, Tam is so. What? So it's not necessarily about Tam; it's about the group. Did you catch the post match of the Unagi versus? Uh, I I don't remember her name. It was like oh, my something. My my Surakai. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I watched that. My match. Surakai. She's uh she is from Actress Girls. This is like just straight plunder from starting the Actress Girls. Tam's originally from Actress Girls. Nasu uh is originally from Actress Girl before she went to T- Tokyo Joshi Pro before she ended up in stardom. Uh Hemeka's from uh Actress Girls. Like they <laughs> whatever they doing over there, they doing pretty good. well because Stardom keeps picking these motherfuckers off. Uh so yeah, she uh she um she only has like twenty career matches, something like that. Uh-huh. Uh so she decided to transfer over and uh then they had a future stardom match uh on this early on the undercard of this particular show we we're talking about actually. Yeah. Yep. So I, I not a good I, match. Not yeah, a good match. yeah, it was it was a struggle. Like at times, like they were they were uh struggling with some of the reversals of the Irish whips and um yeah. it looked like Unagi was the seasoned veteran in there yes. compared to yes. um Mai, but after the match uh was quite hilarious because um, Unagi basically was like, yeah, you know, you decided to come over here and all this other shit. And then Mai was like, please let me join Cosmic Angels. Yes. And she was like, uh, well, we've kind of done well by ourselves. And then, nah, fuck that, essentially. But then uh, Tam gets in and she's pretty much asked her, are you willing to fight? And die and never give up for this shit. And then it she didn't like, say she didn't say die, but sure, yes, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know are you will you die for me? You know, <laughs> and, 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 you, know <laughs> you know, and she she basically uh, my cut her wrists open, and then uh, you know they 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 swap blood, a blood oath, a blood oath. Know. 
Yeah, and then they were standing up there. I was like, oh, there. So she allowed her to join Cosmic Angels, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, so Cosmic Angels, four ho- four horsemen out here, you know? Oh my god, the four horsemen! <laughs> you know, Tam Nakano, just like Ric Flair, you know. <laughs> this is Richelada's words, not mine. Not. So my takeaway from that was um, I thought that she was going to end up in Cosmic Angels. Um, It's kind of a thing like when uh, Mina came in in October, they had a match with Tam and Mina and Tam dropped Mina and said, hey, I like you. Come join me in stars. Uh, You know, Tam been bringing people into stars for forever. But, you know, that the fifth time she did that was when it was a problem. They had to break up, but whatever. Um, So Unagi. Uh, she beats uh Mai, and then Mai says, "I want in." And before that, um, Unagi was like, "Hey, it's gonna be a rough road." Like, and and she, trust me, she knows it firsthand. Like, she got she was getting her ass whooped for forever, and it's like you know, it's gonna be a rough road, and it's gonna be it's gonna feel lonely, it's gonna be painful, but the journey is worth it, and gradu- and good luck. And she's like, "Well, I want to join Cosmic Angels," and then you can see Tam. And Mina, like at ringside, kind of like, you're trying to get a cut of this money. <laughs> you're trying to get a cut. <laughs> you're trying to get a. You're trying to get a cut of this. Uh, this government mint that we made off of selling all this merch and all of these, uh, you know, photo books. So, uh, you can see that. And then like Unagi's like, yeah, I don't know about all that. Like, you know, we, you know, we, us three, we we've paved the road for ourselves. And then Tam was like. You know, Tam's super positive. Like, look, are you willing to sacrifice and go through the ups and downs and the bumps and bruises? And more or less, like, are you willing to be our pen eater? <laughs> are you willing to? Are you willing to? Are you willing to come out here and get your ass whooped for cosmic are you angels? Willing to are you willing us? to whoop your ass? Whoop? Yes, yes. She didn't say it, but are you willing to do all this? And she's like, yes. She's like, well, welcome aboard, and you know, um, we're gonna chase our dreams together. And, uh, and that's a big, been a big thing about Tam and cosmic angels is like. Um, even dating back to Tam and Orissa when they uh, teamed together for Dream Shine and the one that tag league in 2019 was like, you know, we had our beat, but let's like try to chase, let's find it, let's find a dream and let's chase it together. And then you know, Cosmic Angels was like, you're gonna make, want to make a way to stardom. I want to be at the top of stardom. You want to make it here and belong. Let's chase these dreams. And like when. Um, Unagi and Mina were were fighting each other over the uh, the futures belt uh, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. It was like, don't let. You know, it's like, look, I understand that each other your are each are each other's way for your dreams, but ultimately, like at the end of this, like somebody's gonna have to win, someone's gonna have to lose, we're gonna have to make peace with that because, like, we're you know we have these trios titles to take care of, and like us together, like 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 it says on the belt, like three make the most magic like it's us three like we get this done by the the uh the strength of our numbers more than like, the sum of our parts so like tam is all into that mystical lovey-dovey type stuff and like she said like hey you want to chase your dream here that you're more than welcome if you're gonna fight hard and, and all that kind of stuff hop aboard and tam's just really good at this baby face shit she's always is so uh yeah yep um. Yeah, but, but Ric Flair, my God, <laughs> no Ric Flair, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it, though, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, but that's in the show. Uh, oh, also, um, 
midweek we're going to do a preview show for um, SummerSlam and TakeOver and also talk about resurgence from this weekend. So we didn't forget about none of that. We'll get to that later in the week. We're going to have Tanya on and all that, and we're going to have a lot. It's going to be a blast. So, um, Will Osprey is back, hoes, and I hope you all ready to deal with it. Yeah, like some uh, of the, some a lot of people are, out here capping. Yeah, some of the sound bites I heard about that from that promo sound pretty good. Hitting on some truth, some of the, some truth we don't might not like, but it's still truth nonetheless, and that's the best yeah. part of the heat. But uh, yeah. thanks for listening. Be sure to raise whatever app you uh, you're listening to this with. Um, go to Red Circle and drop us off with a donation. Check out prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. Olds on top. Hiroshi Tanahashi, O's on top. Yep. Um, and also listen to other shows in the network um, besides One Nation Radio. You have Keep It a Strong Style. You have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. You have Gorman Wash's Shit. You have The Great Consequences Podcast. You have 8-Bit Suplex. You have All Things League. You have Great Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. <laughs>